LFA family.
gentlemen, when he calls my name, I am going to leap out of that grave and jump in his arms if he can hold my heavy body. I'm sure he can. He's God, after all. And I'm going to hold him so tight, and I'm never going to want to let go. And since time is not of the essence anymore at that point, maybe I can hold him forever in eternity. Folks, welcome, welcome, welcome to Rise Up, episode number 44. We are almost 50 episodes in to Rise Up already. It is truly, truly a blessing uh, that God has given us this show, this time together. I hadn't been to church in a couple weeks. I went back yesterday. What an energized uh uh, feeling it is to go and, and, and be back with the people that you that you worship with, that you love, that you see, you know, a couple times a week if you're lucky. Maybe sometimes you only see them once a week. But it's a great way to go back and just plug your uh, your eternal battery in and, and, and charge it, you know. And uh, and we play that song at church a lot. I ran out of that grave. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful song. And uh, it, it, it just, you know, the great thing about seeing that concert, uh, a Christian concert, is that one thing you're not going to see in the stands, beer drinking, fighting, swearing, smoking weed, whatever else goes on at a concert, you're not going to see any of that stuff. You're not going to have people making out and having sex in the bathroom of the, uh, of, of the, in, the, in the stadium. It's just everybody there, like-minded people, will, uh, there to worship God, there to, to sing praises of song to God. It, it's it's a very look, secular music. There's a lot of secular music that's really fun, right? I love I love a lot of secular music. I grew up with it, and it just it's a part of me. But there's something about worship music, and I wouldn't even call it Christian. Just worship music to Christ. What a great, great feeling it is. What a great feeling it is. Um, there's 700 people watching on Rumble right now. For all those watching on Rumble, I'd like to welcome you to our uh, amazing platform that, that LFA TV has chosen to grow on uh, in the grace of God, obviously, and in truth and integrity. And those of you that might be watching on digital TV, you could be watching on Roku or Fire Stick or maybe even the app. Uh, if you want to watch it on the big TV but still chat in Rumble, all you have to do is go to Roku and Fire Stick and Type in LFA, put a space, and then TV. Now, I know some of you have been having a hard time finding that before. Well, apparently, it's, it was always LFA space and then T period V, like TV. And I had them change that because I just thought that was too difficult. And you can't type in LFA TV with that period there and find it. So I said, just change it, make it easier. So they did. So you guys can also enjoy us on... Um, on you know, on your big TVs in your living room if you want. But, I'll, but I'll, I'll ask that you never leave Rumble. Stay here and chat because I love seeing that chat. Having said that, let's pull up the Rumble chat this morning before we go to prayer. See who's in here with us, okay? Uh, as always, we've got W. Wilson and Bargain Queen. Kristen Donovan is here. Brown Sugar, good morning. Fano Boss is here. Mustache 49. Kong is in the building. We've already got a couple $20 donations from, from Kong and others, so thank you so very much. T. Mitchell is here. Packed a stadium of worshipers. Yes, 
amazing. Far better than a Super Bowl that I did not watch. Didn't even know it was on yesterday until somebody at church said, hey, you going to be watching the Super Bowl? I said, nope, didn't even know it was on. Don't care. We've got Sherry Z in the building. L Dooley is here. Storm 0714. Carol the Cowgirl, how are you? L Jacobs. Worship music brings my soul to life. Amen. That's why we start with it here every day. We've got Zelda, Majorva, and Wayne watching. Dr. Sauce Norton is in the building. Good to see you. Amanda Collins, as always, is here. Shelly Rose is in the building. How are you, Shelly? Victoria is here. Good to see you. Uh, Michael Brasco is here. How are you doing? Brian D. King and Lou Mag. Leslie Barry says, present in the house of the Lord. Amen. We are here, folks. I'll ask you guys to share the video. We're going to go to prayer right now. And uh, uh, Producer Frankie is here listening. Big shout out to Producer Frankie. Red, white, and truth is in the building. Let everybody know how uh, much of a wonderful job Frankie's doing. We are blessed to have him here at LFA TV. It truly are. Um, Seahorse says, good morning, Jeremy. First time catching the glory live. My husband is a convert. And you are the reason why. Adore your news. You remind us of Rush Limbaugh. What an amazing compliment. Thank you so much. And God bless your husband. I'm so glad that he was able to catch live and, and, and th- have this be one of the reasons why he's gone to God. Truly, truly a blessing. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer now, folks. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for each soul that is listening today, watching today, sharing today, receiving and spreading your message. What a wonderful, wonderful blessing it is, Lord. Thank you for church. Thank you for being able to congregate and fellowship with other uh, like-minded Christians, uh, fellow believers who are God-fearing and God-loving, Lord. What a great blessing that is. Lord, we thank you that so many churches are experiencing a revival of Jesus right now. Absolutely unbelievable. Our small church in Claremont, New Hampshire is responsible for mission uh, missionaries around the world, is responsible for 50 and 60, sometimes 70 kids showing up on a Friday for youth group, teenagers, 15, 16, 17-year-olds, Lord, what a blessing. You are you are truly working in a great way. We ask that you continue to use LFA TV and rise up as a springboard for Jesus. We ask that you continue using each and every one of us to spread the gospel, to spread your wonderful good news to the world that there is a chance at everlasting life to be saved in a place where there's no pain, no suffering, no crying, no tears. Lord, we ask that you continue to Touch the hearts of those that have hardened their hearts so that they can soften their hearts to your word and they can experience everything that we do. We pray and ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 I am so incredibly grateful for this show, folks. You have no idea. And I pray that the other LFA TV hosts actually start coming in to rise up. I know it's early, but I think everybody could benefit from this. And I think the LFA TV hosts could probably benefit better than anybody else. Could probably benefit better than anybody else. Having said that, I just talked about a revival of Jesus going on, right? I want to show you something that happened during the Super Bowl. Now, I could care less about the Super Bowl. I, used, I grew up a massive sports fan. I grew up the biggest sports fan you could possibly ever meet. I grew up in Illinois. So Chicago, 
Chicago Bears, ladies and gentlemen, were my team, okay? It, it pains me. It absolutely pains me to not be able to watch football. Now, I could watch it if I wanted to, and I know many of you do, and I don't fault you for watching the game of football because you are able to figure out a way to put uh, aside the politics of it that ruined it for me. Having said that, what I witnessed this morning when I woke up that happened during the Super Bowl. Now, I knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to be a thing. And that was the ad, the commercial that played during the Super Bowl that cost $20 million. And if you don't think that we're experiencing a Jesus revival, then please tell me how Jesus has made it to the center of ESPN this year. How Jesus made it to the center of the Super Bowl this year. How the tears that were being uh, that were falling out of the football players' eyes when the national anthem was rolling. Uh, Jesus was at the center of that, ladies and gentlemen. I want to go to this video, this commercial that was played during the Super Bowl, just in case you missed it. Let's pop it over. Go ahead. Let's play it now. Maybe I'm foolish. Maybe I'm blind. Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind. Got no way to prove it. So maybe I'm lying. Take a look in the do you see? Do you see it clearer? Are you deceived? And what you believe? Cause I'm only human after all. Jesus loved the people that he gets us. He gets us all. Jesus. GetsUs.com. He gets us.com. Now that wasn't the only Jesus ad that was played last night. And yeah, I did get a glimpse of Damar's jacket mocking God. I thought that was ridiculous, but hey, the Bible says God will not be mocked. And the more they mock him, the more he's showing up and showing out. The more they put him aside, the more he's coming to the forefront. The more they try to silence us and censor us and keep us quiet about the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the more God is working in all of us to spread the gospel and help uh, plant seeds for more uh, uh, people and the more people for God to water and the more people that are standing up. People are spending $10, $20 million on commercials. People are praying on air in the middle of ESPN, which is owned by Disney. Don't tell me that we are not experiencing a revival of Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. I told you it was going to be bigger, better, and far more efficient and effective than the 1970s were with that Jesus revival. Folks, because we are experiencing demonic forces unlike any of us have ever seen. uh, Satan is no longer hiding. He's full out. He's full out fighting, letting the world know he exists. He spent millennia making the world believe he did not exist. And now he's saying, hey, I'm here. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for your children. There's nothing you can do to stop me. Of course, Jesus thought he was absolutely killing the Messiah and killing God's good news back when Jesus was nailed to the cross. What he didn't know was he was putting Jesus on a pedestal. He was lifting Jesus up. 
He was promoting Jesus, our Lord and Savior, when he thought he was winning and he thinks he's winning again. He's so brash. He's so bold. He's not hiding anymore. Folks, he was still hiding when he thought he was killing off our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was hiding. He was not in the open. Do you remember the movie, The Passion of the Christ, when Jesus was being flogged and whipped and beaten and tortured? Do you remember when Satan was murking along and like a snake working through the crowd, watching things happen? He wasn't out in the open like he is now. So he thought he was winning back then, and look what happened. So if he thinks he's winning now, Folks, he thinks he's winning now more than he ever has. He's out in the open. He's literally showing devil worshiping. He's doing seances. He's casting spells through the TV right into your living rooms. Don't tell me that Jesus is not here before every move that God makes, every major move that God makes, there is a storm. We've been experiencing that storm, haven't we? We've been experiencing that storm. But I can tell you this. Where you and I are going to differ from Peter is we aren't going to say, Jesus, 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 save me. I'm drowning because we're not going to even start drowning. Our faith is too big. Our belief is too much. We have no fear. Do not ever be afraid 365 times it says it in the bible he gets us all of us gay straight transgender black white tall short fat skinny bald dreadlocks does not matter he gets us all and he's going to save so many of us Love says, funny how Satan showed up at the Grammys and Jesus goes to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is far more widely viewed than the Grammys. Satan, you want the Grammys? Go ahead, have them. Hollywood is your den of horrors anyway. We're going to go and we're going to grab every eye that watches the Super Bowl. Jesus is showing up and showing out. Can I get an amen? Jesus is showing up and showing out. Can I get an amen? I see it as the ads that left hijacking the message of Jesus to accept the things that are wrong that say are good. I don't understand what you mean there, but I'm sure you are talking good sense. I see what you're saying. They were showing police. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. The people that put the money behind that were good God-fearing companies and, and, and organizations, so... But could be right, I guess. Sing, Singin's Harry said, I read the back of the book, and guess what? We won. Amen. Now, I titled today's show Parenting with Yahweh. Now, before I get to the first book, I want to give you a, a foundation or some history as to why I chose today's verse and why I titled it Co-Parenting with Yahweh. So yesterday, in church, my pastor, whom you've met before, who came on this show about, uh, about a month ago, he was preaching about the years of Jesus that we don't know about, right? 
Because if you if you read Luke, which we were reading yesterday, oh, I see what you're saying now, Sauce. I see what you're saying. I don't agree with it, but I see what you're saying. I mean, I guess I do agree with it to a sense. It's really hard. With, with things the way they are nowadays, it's really hard to say, well, they meant that when they, they showed that, when they should have showed that. You're, you're probably right. Maybe they should have showed BLM burning things down. Maybe they should have. I don't know. But, that, but again, splitting hairs. Splitting hairs. We all have an opinion, don't we? We all have criticisms, don't we? Long story short, organizations pulled together $20 million to talk about Jesus. So again, splitting hairs. Oh, they should have done that or they shouldn't have done that again. Why are we talking about that? That's, that, that is textbook humans. Textbooks, Christians. I don't know about that. I don't trust it 100%. Cool. Did they talk about Jesus? Yes, they did. That's the message. Forget everything else. Because what's going to happen is you are going to, with that kind of talk, Sauce Norton, respectively, it's the same thing as preaching fire, fire, you know, fire brimming hell and, and, and destruction. Nobody's going to want to hear it. So we're splitting hairs about, well, maybe they shouldn't have showed that. They're trying to show images to make us believe. They spread the word of Jesus. That's all that matters. That's the way I look at it. Now, I know other people look at it deeper than that, but. Anyway, I digress. Moving on, because I don't want to spend time talking about splitting hairs. What I do want to talk about is that point in which Luke fast forwards from when Jesus is a child to when Jesus is an adult and he's in his 30s and he begins his ministry. What happens in those pertinent years? What happens? We don't have, the only thing that we have is speculation based on a few things that are said by Mary in Luke. Now, Mary... One thing that, sh- that Luke shows us that, that the other Gospels do not even touch on is what my pastor called the, memoir, the memoirs of Mary. What does that mean? Well, there's a few things, there's a few uh, passages in there that talk about only memories that a mother would have. Only memories that a mother would have. And it gives us some insight into the kind of life that Jesus had in those years that we don't really get to see Jesus or learn about Jesus. And so what do I say? What do I mean when I say a mother's memory? Well, mother's memories are very different than, than, than just regular memories. And what I mean by that is a mother's memory might remember something. If she, she grow, a, a child grows up to his adolescent years, right? Teenager. And a mother sees a child do something or hears a child say something that triggers a memory that takes them back to when they were one, two or three years old that says, you know, what's funny is you used to do X, Y, and Z. No wonder why you're doing this now. So a mother's memory might be something that nobody else remembers. And in Luke, we get to see a couple spots where, G- where Mary is, is talking about those memories, meaning that those memories had to have come specifically and directly from Mary herself to Luke, or they were told to one of the other disciples, maybe, you know, maybe Peter, maybe somebody close to Mary, and then that was 
echoed to Luke in order to jot it down. Long story short, we know because of these few sentences that Luke jots down that Jesus was obeying the laws of God before he could even speak, walk, talk, or even know what was going on. When Jesus was a helpless child, a baby, when he was just eight days old, his mom and dad, very young age, very young parents were abiding, abiding by the laws of God. They brought him to the temple to be named, to be circumcised. And who was there? Simeon and Anna, a prophet and a prophetess. And they were there to fulfill another prophecy of God that said to Simeon directly, before you die, you will see the Messiah. Now, can you imagine all of the babies that Simeon must have been thinking, oh, is this the Messiah? Is it throughout his life? Hopefully, hopefully God didn't tell him that when he was young and he had to wait his whole life to see the Messiah. But when he saw Jesus, just eight days old, just a baby, just a helpless infant at that time, fully God, but yet fully human, with the full limits of a human, needing protected, needing loved, needing nourished, he looked at him and said, Lord, I can come home to heaven now because your servant has truly laid eyes on the Messiah. So that means that Jesus' parents from an early age, I mean the earliest of ages, were abiding by the laws of God. Now in order, now get this folks, in order for Jesus to be who God sent him to be, listening, are you listening? Listen closely folks. Stop arguing about the images on the commercial. That's a ridiculous argument. It has no bearing here. Okay? That's Satan distracting you from today's message. Stop talking about it. The message that I'm trying to, portray, to, to, to convey to you is that for Jesus to be who he came to be, to fulfill what he came to fulfill, to take the sin of the world on himself, he had to remain sinless his whole life. He had to, re- he had to remain sinless his entire life. So that means from the earliest of ages, his parents had to abide by the laws of God and by the commandments of Jesus as Jews, not only the commandments of Jesus, but Jewish law too, every minute of every day. Because Jesus, even though he was fully God, Dr. Sauce Norton says, I won't chat anymore then. Okay, Dr. Sauce Norton, be a baby. Don't chat anymore then. That's fine. You know, I love each and every one of you, but I can't stand when you act like you're 12. And so many here do that. Absolutely uncalled for. And if you don't want to chat anymore, then don't chat anymore. And I'm not even going to tell you what you can and can't chat about. I'm telling you what you should or shouldn't be chatting about. So keep crying. That's fine. Maybe you should do some more praying. Okay? I'm not the guy to do this with. Other show hosts might be. But if you're going to act like that in the comment, then just don't talk or go. Because you're taking away from the message. And I will not let that happen during this show. Live from America, that's another show. Not on this show. Just letting you know. So for Jesus to be able to be sinless his whole life, 
10 years old, 12 years old, 15 years old, 20 years old, 22 years old, 25 years old. Imagine, imagine just for a second the temptations that Jesus had to endure his whole life as a ma- because, folks, he was at the limit of being human. He had his limits. He had to live as a human the way no other human has ever lived. Now, how is he going to do that unless he has parents that are co-parenting with God? You can't. That's why it's so important that when we raise our children, we do it from the right way from the very beginning. Period. We all, all of us parents in today's world, especially 2023, we've been given, op- given opportunities to live our lives and not raise our kids. Let the TV raise your kids. Let the tablet raise your kids. Let society raise your kids. Let the schools raise your kids. It'll be easier on you. Don't give up your life. You don't have to stop giving. You don't have to give up your your single life that you live. You don't have to stop going to the bars. You don't have to stop drinking with your friends. You don't have to stop swearing. You don't have to stop sinning. You can still be you because there's so many other people out there to help raise your kids. That's the world we live in. Imagine the tough job that that was. And imagine Jesus being such a good boy that he never sinned. I mean, come on, folks. He was still human. Even when he was getting ready for his ministry, he had to go be tempted by the devil for 40 days. You tell me that he wasn't tempted for 20 years? Let's get into one-minute prayer for dads. Protector. Keeping in mind that the name of the show today is co-parenting with Yahweh. Psalm 91.2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. One of the primary roles we dads have is that of a protector. You don't think that Mary and Joseph, young parents like that, had a hard time protecting their son? Lord, we need you in the chat, said Miranda Dolan. We bind you, Satan, and rebuke your plans to distract and divide. That's all I'm saying. Look, I have, I have no ill will towards anybody, not even anybody who is speaking their mind. I don't. But there there's a, comes a point where I see it in the chat where I've got to stop it. You said your point. Stop talking about something that does not matter because it doesn't matter. You're splitting hairs over, the, over, over spreading the good news, and I just won't allow that to happen. That's all. That's all. Now, in LFA, that's a completely different show. We can do that there. But we're not going to do that here. We're going to stay focused on the message here. And it's my job to make sure that I regulate that. One of the primary roles is to be a protector. Our children need to see us as a refuge and a fortress. They need to be able to trust us to protect them as a means of learning how to trust their Heavenly Father for His divine protection. The necessary protection may be physical, spiritual, psychological, or it might be related to an individual child's specific needs. How do your children need your 
protection. How do your children need your protection? What happened to Joseph? You don't see much of him after Jesus' birth. Well, Joseph and, and Mary obviously were involved in Jesus' life until he left home. They were a massive part of Jesus' life. They taught him everything that he knew as a human. So think about this. Jesus was very educated as a human. He was very educated. Now, Mary and Joseph didn't have money. They didn't have any money. As a matter of fact, when they came to offer their firstborn to Jesus, as Jewish law said they had to do, they couldn't even afford the lamb. They had to opt out for the two pigeons, the two turtle doves. So they didn't have money to educate him. So they must have spent massive amounts of time educating him in human ways. And obviously, they were very godly people. They had to have had God at the center of their table. They had to have. There's no way Jesus could have been tempted as a teenager, as a human, and not given into that if he did not have very active parents in his life. If there was tablets back then, I'll guarantee you they wouldn't have given it to Jesus. If there was TV back then, they wouldn't have given it to Jesus and said, here, watch, you know, Coco Melon while I go and do nothing. They wouldn't have done that. It wouldn't have happened. Lord God, I love the children that you've entrusted to me. I'd protect them with my life if need be. But I know there are other ways for me to protect them too. Against the fiery darts of the enemy. Against the pull of the world on their hearts. Against the inner wounds that I may know nothing about. Father, as the designated protector of my kids, I need you to help me keep my eyes open to all sources of danger to the bodies, to their bodies and their souls. Imagine the danger that came to Jesus, especially since Satan knew who he was. Satan tried to have him killed when he was an infant. He was hunted at the very beginning of his life like a dog, like a wild animal. Satan knew exactly who he was. Imagine the darts. Imagine the flaming arrows that came Jesus' way. Joseph and Mary had other children to raise. Jesus went on learning. Exactly. Exactly. And I stand guard over them. Please stand guard over me. Be my refuge from danger, just as I am their refuge. I trust in you, Lord, and you alone. So did Mary and Jesus. As a matter of fact, they might have been the most trusting people in the history. Jesus was the lamb, hence why God chose not to give them the money. Great insight there. Great insight. Let's pull up the chat. I know that there's some people mad at me at the way that I handled that uh, stuff a few minutes ago, but that doesn't bother me none. I don't get emotional uh, or upset when I do something that people don't like that I know is right. So let's see in the chat what people are talking about here. Again, I'm never going to tell you, I'm never going to censor you or silence you if you're you're just a normal person, but I am going to check you on certain shows like I did on this one. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I have no ill will towards anybody. Katie 63 could use some prayers, guys. She's not feeling well. So please keep Katie in your prayers. 
Jeremy, don't you think that God chose Mary to birth the Savior because he was obedient? She was obedient and holy? I do. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Lord, I pray your emotional, physical, and spiritual protection over my children. Keep evil far from them and help them trust you as their refuge and strength. Amen. Amen. The Bible is our greatest insurance plan. Preacher Jeremy, you did a very respectful thing, and I thank you for it. Well, thank you. Halloween says, I'm not mad, Jeremy. It's your show. Well, it's our show, right? It's actually God's show, but I, you know, I, I'm, I have to regulate it. I just started watching The Chosen. Oh, you are in for a treat. You're in for a treat. Amen. You're going to have a great time as you go through that series. Thank you, Jeremy, for doing that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Look, ladies and gentlemen, as I said yesterday in church, um, oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. As I said yesterday in church to somebody, I, uh, I love when I, am to- when I am proven wrong, when I know I'm wrong, when I'm proven wrong and I know 100% that I'm in the wrong and somebody's shown me that I'm in the wrong. I absolutely love that. I don't get mad. If I'm doing something that I know I shouldn't do and somebody calls me out for it, I might have the knee-jerk reaction of being upset, but in the end, I say, you know what, I was right, wrong and you were right. And that's no problem with me. I wish more people were like that. Unfortunately, pride <laughs> is a bad problem. You know what? Pride goes before the fall, right? Pride goes before the fall. Let's get into the next book, the Bible Promise Book for Heaven and Earth. And we're going to read from this one that says, work, work. Exodus 20, 9 and 10. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. First Chronicles 28, 20. Be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. Are you feeling disheartened by the sheer size of your daily responsibilities? Be strong. Be courageous. Do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged by the size of the task. The Lord is with you, and he will not fail nor forsake you. Dear Lord, give me the strength and the courage to do the work you've called me to do. Raise your kids correctly. Take away my fear and discouragement and help me lean on you. Amen. Folks, do you know how many people won't take their kids out of public school because they don't want the work that's involved with it? Oh, I don't want to take my kids out of public school because then I got to find extra money for them to go to private school. I got to apply for grants or loans or scholarships for them to go to private school. I can't homeschool. I have so many things during the day to do. I can't do that. There's no possible way I can do that. Knowing, knowing that it would be the right thing. It would be the only the perfect thing for you to do to get your kid away from that evil. But you won't do it. Why? Because you don't want to do the work. How many of you have done that? are doing that, or know people that have that excuse. So you're saying that you're going to allow your kids to continue to go to the belly of the beast? Are you saying that you are not going to save your kids from the evil? Are you saying that you're going to send your kids to the mouth, the belly of the beast every single day, just because you don't want to do the work? Who's that hurting? Is that hurting you? Is that hurting uh, the devil? No, you're hurting your children and you're hurting God. Now, maybe your public school hasn't gone the way of woke yet. Dr. Nossorton said, and Jeremy won't care, so dot, dot, dot. Oh, somebody's salty. There's the pride. 
There's the pride. It's unfortunate. February 13th, folks. God's love isn't selfish. (laughs) I would care if Dr. Sauce Norton left or he didn't or he stayed. I would care, 100%. But it's that pride that makes you think that I wouldn't care just because I checked you on something. That's all. Now, you have a right to say what you had to say, Dr. Sauce Norton. We love you in the chat. We never want you to leave. And if you're going to leave because you got checked, well, maybe here's exactly where you do need to be. Because if you can't be checked about something that you're doing that you know is wrong, then you've got a lot of growing to do. Trust me, I've got a lot of growing to do too. There's things that I don't like to be checked about as well. But the minute you can say, you know what? You're right. I should have been checked. The minute you'll just be at peace. So you do what you feel is necessary, sir, and we'll pray for you. Okay? Moving on. God's love isn't selfish. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. Seeketh not her own. Satan has tried to counterfeit every good thing that God has given us. He has succeeded in selling the world a corrupted, inferior type of love. Hollywood has been a big asset to the devil in this battle. Movies portray an emotional, sensual lust as love. But it has no basis in reality. It causes people to long for some utopia where every sense is fully satisfied at all times. But human love can never fully satisfy anyone's deep need to be unconditionally loved. This is God's kind of love. The most, distinguished, the most distinguishing characteristic of the true God kind of love is that it's not selfish or self-serving. True love isn't getting what you desire. It is selfless and giving. Just look at Jesus, the greatest example of God's kind of love that the world has ever seen. The world will tell you that living selflessly is joyless and miserable, but Jesus was full of joy and never miserable. He demonstrated the secret to life is selfless love. Jesus didn't come to this earth to satisfy himself. Ultimately, he did not he did receive great satisfaction by redeeming mankind back to God, but he became a human being for his father and for us, not for himself. He left all the splendor and glory of glory and came to dwell in the most humble surroundings. He left the adoration of all creation to live for 30 years in relative anonymity. Although some praised Jesus during his ministry, he endured the scorn and ridicule of the religious establishment. Then he suffered the ultimate rejection of crucifixion and took all the shame that went with being a condemned criminal. He did all of this because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Test your love toward others today by asking yourself this very simple question. Am I saying or doing this for me or for someone else? Am I saying and doing what I'm about to do For me or for someone else? Angel, you're right. So disrespectful to the Lord fighting during this show. 
It's exactly why I tried to stop it. But too many people give in to it. Too many people love fighting. They love to be the one who's right. They would rather be right than God being right. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in. Focus on expressing love to others and see how differently your day goes. Focus on spreading love to others and see how differently your day goes. Let's pull up the chat. We talked about division in church yesterday. There it is. There it is. I think we all need to listen more and chat less. After all, we are all here to hear God's word. Amen. Mike, just pray on it. I say pray on everything. Jeremy wanted people to pay attention, and it can sting a bit. But when you reflect on it, it's like when a teacher in school gets the uh, class's attention. Jeremy has his way of doing this and speaking. Amen. That's all I'm trying to do. Larry Reha says, Dr. Sauce Norton, I've also been attacked for things I've said. Well, you're a Christian. You're going to be attacked your entire life. We all are. The minute we stop uh, worrying about being attacked and start spreading the, the, the word of God and the gospel, then, the, you know, our pride will uh, go away and we won't worry so much about that stuff. Praying for peace and love in this group. Amen. Contention of the devil. I hate it. I feel the same about doctors staying away as long as I can. February always makes me sad because my beloved abuelo, grandfather, died 42 years ago. Jeremy and Rise Up family has made February more joyful. Thank you. Dr. Sauce is hurt by your name calling. What did I call him? Crybaby? Did I call him a crybaby? Don't be a crybaby. If I'm being wrong, if I'm doing something that I should not do, and somebody says something, the truth, the truth hurts. Somebody got called out for something and started crying like a five-year-old. Don't be a crybaby. Just like I have to stop being things every day that I should not be. I wish we could stop talking about it, Bargain Queen, but nobody in the chat wants to stop. If you took offense to the fact that I called you a crybaby, I am sorry. Maybe I should have said, don't cry like a baby. Maybe I should have said that. Again, no difference from saying colored people or a person of color. I am sorry that I called you a crybaby. Maybe next time I'll say, don't cry like a baby. I'm not here to be your mom or dad. I'm here to spread the gospel. And there's no love loss in calling something the way it is. What would Jesus do? I don't know. Did he call people vipers and dens of, dens of vipers and snakes? Liars? Pretty sure he called people names all the time when it fit. Jo- um, nope, we're going to move on here. Dead coming back to life. Ezekiel 47.9. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will, be a large numbers, there will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. The Dead Sea in Israel is one of a, one of a kind of place to take a dip. Tourists who enter its waters immediately realize 
that swimming aids are not necessary. Due to its exceptionally high concentration of salt, people simply float on its surface like apples bobbing in a barrel of water. The Dead Sea is also the lowest land-based point on Earth. The Jordan River empties into it, but nothing flows out of it. And due to its toxic blend of minerals, nothing lives in it. But one, but one day the Dead Sea will undergo a radical change. The last book of the Bible reports that once Jesus returns, God will send the holy city, the new Jerusalem, down to earth from heaven. The Old Testament prophet Ezekiel received a vision of the temple area in the new Jerusalem. He saw a river flowing from the temple toward the Dead Sea. Ezekiel was told that the waters from the river will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Ezekiel's vision of a, is a picture of the greatest restoration we could look forward to. The time when even the deadest parts of the earth will come back to life. So just like the beginning of the song, ladies, or the beginning of the show today, and the song, which says, when Jesus calls my name, I'm going to come running out of that grave. Everything that dies and decays because of sin will start to reflourish and have restoration when Jesus comes back. See, we are absent of Jesus in this world. We have the Holy Spirit in Jesus' absence. But when Jesus returns, the dead will come back alive to life again. Healing and restoration will start again. Everything that Adam and Eve caused this planet, the bad that they caused this planet, Jesus will bring back and reverse it all. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. You get to look forward to that. Now, we can debate and argue all our long lives till we get there. But the fact of the matter is it's all temporary. Me name-calling somebody is temporary. Somebody getting mad at me for saying something is temporary. This conversation is temporary. This show is temporary. The songs that I play, the videos that I play, the sponsors that I read, it's all temporary. So why do we argue about it? That is human. That's the human race, folks. That's the human race. We focus and worry about things that are temporary instead of focusing and putting our attention towards things that are eternal. And we all do it. The best thing for us to do is to just be less and less worrisome and have anxiety and less and less focused on the temporary things of life every day. So today I should be better than I was yesterday. Tomorrow, I should be better than I was today. Maybe the next day, I won't call somebody a name because I'll say, you know what? That probably hurt that person and I don't want to hurt that person even by means of saying something that's true. Maybe I'll learn from that. Maybe I'm wrong. Probably am. But again, this show is not about me and it's not about you. It's about our journey with Jesus, pointing everything towards Jesus. That's why I get so upset when we take our focus off of Jesus during this show. And that kind of stuff took our focus off of Jesus. I didn't care if it was this person, that person, or if it was a dog. I'm trying to stay focused on the eternal and not the temporary. I'm trying to keep us focused on what matters and what doesn't matter. And all of us, including myself, name-calling and arguing over something that doesn't matter was a big waste of time during this show. So yes, it needs to be talked about because maybe, just maybe, this show was needed so that we don't do this again. We're all guilty. 
I don't like to single somebody out without at least bringing us into the fold too. I do exactly what I said not to do today. We should all learn from that. Nobody should get so butthurt over hearing truth. Pride goes before the fall. I used to hate it when somebody said something that I knew was true about me that I was doing wrong. I used to rebel against it and I used to call them every name I could possibly think of that wasn't true just to get back at them. I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. But what I do is very matter-of-factly tell somebody where they're wrong. And then I try to move on from it because I know I'm guilty of it too. Just the way it is. Pastor Greg Locke has a movie in theaters right now. Yes, he does. I actually saw that advertised. I can't wait to see it. I just talked to him the other day, actually. You wouldn't believe it. But uh, somebody, um, somebody's going around writing uh, his, his phone number and his address on bathroom stalls, telling people to call him and stuff. And it's his real phone number. And I reached out to him. I said, are you aware of this? He said, yeah, it's terrible. It's happening all the time. I've had to change my number a ton, ton of times. It is what it is. And I just feel bad. Wise words, Jeremy. Probably needed a show like this to straighten out the chat. And another person said maybe we should not chat. I don't agree. We should definitely chat. We got to chat. Chatting is what makes us learn together, right? Because if I say something wrong, you guys call me out in the chat. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Remember when I said people that kill themselves don't go to heaven? That was like the worst thing I ever said. You guys called me out on that. It's okay. It's okay to be called out. Now, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of calling out, I cannot end the show without highlighting the Trumpet Daily who calls out evil all day long, who calls out wrongdoing all day long. So thetrumpetdaily.com, I know I have a Live from America banner up there that's not supposed to be there, that's okay. Trumpetdaily.com, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow's news today, they are Christian conservatives, they are giving the news and the gospel every single day, kind of like I do here, but in a much bigger and broader way. Okay, when we open up weekend programming, we might be bringing on Stephen Flurry to have his show air here on LFA TV. But folks, it's books, it's movies, it's publications, it's Bible studies. There's so much to be involved in with the Trumpet Daily. And they are now a proud sponsor here of Rise Up to further the, the, the gospel, to further um, the, uh, the academics from a Bible-based uh, curriculum around the world. And that's what we're going to be working on together. So go to thetrumpetdaily.com or americaunderattack.com. Both of those sites are, are run by these people, and they're truly incredible people. Sign up today and check it out. It truly is a great organization, okay? John Hubbard says, I usually don't chat, but needed it very much today. Amen. Amen. I hope suicidal people... Go to heaven. Well, Larry, again, how that kind of played out was I mistakenly said that somebody who kills themselves doesn't go to heaven because I was pulling from this Catholic, you know, um, law, rule, I guess. I don't know, regulation, rule, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I was very mistaken because I don't know what a person's last moments of life are. If you remember that movie God's Not Dead when Kevin Sorbo got hit by the car at the end, he was an atheist, right? He believed in God, but he turned from God because his family died of cancer. So at the end of the show, um, at the end of the movie, he gets hit by a car. He still doesn't believe in God. But as he's dying on the street, it just so happened that God had those two pastors there with him. And when in his last seconds, and I mean in his last seconds, he accepted Jesus Christ. 
He accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and went to heaven. Now, who knows if somebody was that committed suicide? You can't, you can't know if they did that. That was a big mistake on my part. Yes, they send out a magazine. Yes, they do. As a matter of fact, here's the magazines right here. They send out a ton of them. If you subscribe to them, you get all of this stuff. You get all of this. You get books as well. You get books as well. And yes, they are Trump supporters. So um, let's pop up the chat before we go today. I know it's been a lively chat. You know, some, <laughs> it's funny because some rise ups are smooth sailing, right? And others are not. But that's the way of a Christian. That's what we're supposed to do. Okay? It's what we're supposed to do. Uh, Satan. Oh, I, didn't, I missed that one. I apologize. Salvation belongs to the Lord. That's a verse. Forget the reference. Didn't get Saturday's newsletter. Yeah, I did forget to send that out. I apologize. I was at uh, men's prayer group and a whole bunch of other things. And Jeremy, I tried to get the mini chainsaw. Everything I did and didn't give me the discount. No, you, if you go to LFA, if you go to uh, TACRITELFATV.com, you automatically get the discount. But you have to go to TACRITELFATV.com and it automatically puts in the discount. I hope that helps. Um, that movie sounds like my husband. He believes in God, but is angry. Makes things very hard for us. Anger is a big one. I had to get rid of that one. And I still have a problem with it. The struggle is real. Yes, the Catholic priest told my mom when my brother committed suicide that he wouldn't go to heaven. My mom stopped going to Catholic church. Wow. Pastor's movie is out March 13th. Tickets on sale now, everybody. Pastor Locke's movie. Even the worst people will try to get right when they think the Lord's about to tap them on the shoulder. Conflict is good. Conflict is good. Division isn't. I would agree with that. Love you, Jeremy. Keep fighting the good fight. Amen. I like this chat today. It helps us grow. Well, see, that's the thing is a lot of people don't understand. If they get like mad about somebody that somebody said about them, what they don't understand is this is how we grow. This is how you grow as a person. And it's how we grow as a, as a fellowship, as an LFA family. I don't have a problem with it. I wish others didn't either, but it is what it is. I do highly respect Dr. Sauce Norton, by the way, MD Norton. Highly respect him. Been here for a long time. And so many people have been called out in the chat. They left, they come back. You know, it's okay. And if they don't come back, we'll pray for them to come back. Great show, Jeremy and Eli. Thank you. Blows my mind how powerful the words of Jesus can let us see God's truth and set us free. It sure can. It sure can. Especially those times when you know you probably, I wouldn't say deserve, you know, to get checked or anything like that. I'm not saying anybody deserved it. But when you know, when you, hey, you know what? Maybe I could have done something different. Maybe, like you guys told me, name calling. What would Jesus do? And what did I do? I immediately went to, well, Jesus called people's names. Names Instead of just accepting, yeah, I should not have said cry baby. You're right. I shouldn't have. That's my bad, and I apologize to all of you. And to, MC, and to uh, MD Norton, 100% apologize for that. Should not have done that. Doesn't show good character, right? That was my pride. Of course I care for everybody. Of course I want to apologize when I hurt somebody's feelings, whether I'm in the right or in the wrong. If I hurt somebody's feelings, I don't feel good about it. You know what I mean? Whether I'm in the right or wrong. Anyway, folks, I've got to go. Ungoverned is coming up next. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave you the same way I brought you in, and that's with some good old-fashioned music. I came out of that grave. Let's cue the music, ladies and gentlemen. Tell, tell Sean to go ahead. He's uh, good to go. He can start his intro because by the time we're done, 
uh, everybody will be good. So, ladies and gentlemen, God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Again, it is what it is. We grow. We grow together. I love each and every one of you. Have a good morning, and I'll see you at 11. Sean Ferris coming up next. Peace. It was my choice Till I met I was breathing alive Alive All my failures I tried To hide It was my choice Oh!